Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin, and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Take my hand, come with me. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 2.6 of Soul Food, where we're continuing this journey of cultivating our character, of refining these internal traits that really define who we are and how we deal with one another and how we deal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with our Lord, glorious and majestic. In this episode, we're going to look at magnanimity. And uh, magnanimity, which is related to forbearance, uh, but slightly different, being an extremely important character trait. So in this episode, we're going to look at the meaning of magnanimity, in case you are wondering, which you probably are. We're going to look at molding our egotistical and nafsi inclinations in a way that's pleasing to Allah. We're going to look at how magnanimity is related to faith. So how does this deal with our belief and our faith? And lastly, we're going to look at leaving things in God's hands. It's kind of letting go and leaving things in God's hands, inshallah. So let's begin. Uh, Habib Umar says in his book, which we're uh, following along through, called The Clarification of Noble Character, he defines magnanimity and he says, A magnanimous person is someone who has a mild disposition, interacts well with others, and is not harsh in their words and actions. So someone who is easygoing, gets along well with other people, and is not harsh. And the word in Arabic that is originally used is is samaha, is samaha, is kind of like this, uh, you know, forgiving and forbearant person. Uh, someone who is good at not stirring up anger, someone who's good at not stirring up drama, right? There's some people, you know, may God protect us, they're interested in starting drama. A magnanimous person is someone who's interested in keeping things, uh, keeping things good, keeping relationships good, keeping people in a pleasant state. What's interesting is the Latin definition of the word magnanimous it relates to someone who has a great and noble soul or intellect. Someone who has an expansive soul. That's the uh, origi- origin of the word in Latin. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, May Allah have mercy upon a person who is magnanimous when he sells, is magnanimous when he buys, is magnanimous when he pays back a debt, and magnanimous when he collects a debt. So the Prophet here, peace and blessings be upon him, he's praying, he's asking God to have mercy upon someone who is easygoing with people when they sell, easygoing with people when they buy. Because, you know, particularly in, uh, you know, pre-modern times or even in many parts of the world today, uh, people would barter when they would buy and sell. You would go to like the marketplace or you kind of still see this in flea markets where someone would say, how much is this? And they would say, you know, $10 or whatever. And the person would say, well, I'll buy it for 8 And then they would kind of go back and forth, 
right? So he's saying someone who's easygoing when they sell, easygoing when they buy, uh, easygoing when they pay, like they're not easygoing when they pay back a debt in the sense that they're not, you know, they're, they're really chilled out about paying back a debt, but that they pay back a debt without that person chasing after them. And magnanimous when collecting a debt, that they're actually not uh, putting excessive stress on someone who owes them money. Every time they seem like, hey, where's my money? You know, pay me back. How long is it going to take? So they're actually a little bit more easygoing and, and make excuses for people even when they're collecting a debt. So magnanimity and being a magnanimous person, uh, some people might be naturally magnanimous, you know, just that's the way that they are. But I think for most people, it's safe to say that it's something that we need to acquire. It's something that we need to work on. Our nufus, generally speaking, uh, is something that is uh, uh, interested in its own, uh, you know, its own inclinations. Everything that the nafs is kind of calling us towards in its rawest and lowest form is about me, 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 what I think, what I want, how I want things to turn out now. And that's kind of the opposite of magnanimity. And most people, they're really interested in clinging to their own opinions and want everything to run according to their desires. And being that way, it actually affects your ability to think clearly. Right? So even if you look at something as interesting as just kind of the mass production of food and meat and fruit and all these kinds of things that are going on in the world, you know, someone who is saying, I want to make a lot of profit. My, uh, my desired outcome is a lot of profit. So they're stuck on fulfilling their own, uh, uh, their own nefs' inclinations. So they want that outcome and they're, they're you know, stuck to that. Look at how much pollution has come from, from that kind of thinking. How many people have been affected by pesticides? How many poor people are essentially being enslaved so that we can have the cheapest prices on mass-produced products? And it affects a person's ability to think clearly and analyze. So if someone says, be magnanimous, think about other considerations, think about how this is going to affect other people other than yourself. The, the, the ends don't justify the means, and for a lot of people, as long as the ends work out for them, they don't really think too much about the means. So being magnanimous uh, uh, and actually thinking about all these other things is a sign of actually being able to think clearly and analyze properly, even if it's against a person's, you know, nefsani inclinations. So here's a question. How is magnanimity related to faith? This is really important. Habib Umar mentions in the book that you have to realize when you want something to turn out a particular way, you're planning something, you're dealing with you know, a, a group of people and you want a particular outcome, whether it's related to money or whether it's related to school or whether it's related to a million different things that happen in life. He says you have to realize the underlying truth that the universe runs according to a will other than yours, by a decree other than your decree, 
and by a plan other than your plan. In other words, you have to realize that God is in control and that whatever he wills comes to pass and whatever he does not will will not come to pass. And if you recognize this, the nafs doesn't like to hear that, just to be really honest. Someone might be saying, you might be thinking, uh, you know, I don't really feel comfortable with that. But it actually makes it easier for you to accept things that are unpleasant in the world. Something doesn't go exactly your way. You know, your nafs is going to be like, no, but what about me? What about what I wanted? What about my plan? What about my desired outcome? But when you realize that there is a Lord who is in control and he's the one who decrees and he's the one who chooses and he's the one who wills reality to be the way that it is, it gives you uh, uh, an ability to accept that and realize that there is one far greater than you, one far wiser than you, a Lord who, who knows all of the seen and unseen world, who is uh, is making these decisions. And we also have to know one of the greatest uh, expressions of faith that the Prophet ﷺ taught us is a statement which is لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله that there is no power or ability, period, except by God. That there is no power. You are not able to achieve anything even something as simple as moving your arm to pick up a glass of water and drink a glass of water, you're not able to do that except by God's allowing you to do that. So we say, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله, that there is no power or ability except by God. And what that does is that it gives the believer the understanding and the realization that God is the planner and the determiner and he's the one who wills whatever he, he uh, uh, chooses. Right? There was a righteous man who was asked, how did you come to know your Lord? And he said, I came to know my Lord through the failure of my plans. That I would plan things to happen a certain way, and they would come out a different way. And that there were certain things that I didn't plan at all, yet it worked out for me. So I realize that God is the one who's planning. God is the one who is taking care of my affairs and not me. And that brings us to the final point, that you need to have this serenity of heart and calmness of character in knowing that your Lord is taking care of you, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking care of you despite what you might think is best for yourself. But what that also means is that whenever you do something, it doesn't mean don't plan, it doesn't mean don't try or don't have any aspirations or want things a particular way or that there's something inherently wrong in that. But what it means is that whenever you do something, do it seeking God's assistance. And don't stubbornly insist on your own outcome and what you think is best. No, but I want it to be this way. It has to be exactly perfect the way that I have dreamt about it being and wanting it, that's going to lead to a lot of stress. And ultimately, you're not in control. And you just have to live life and roll with the punches and trust in your Lord and have magnanimous character. 
You're not in control of outcomes of things, but what you are in control of is your own character and your own effort. And that's what you're held accountable for. That is what you have when you stand before God, is your own, your own efforts, your own intentions, and the beauty of your own character. And that brings us to the call to action. The call to action is very simple. The next time something doesn't go your way, reflect on and repeat the statement of لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله that there is no power and no ability at, at all except by God's assistance, except by God's will. And we'll have this, this invocation, this prayer, which the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said is one of the the treasures of righteousness, that this prayer is one of the treasures of righteousness and that it is a cure for 99 ailments, the least of which is anxiety, the least of which is anxiety because it gives you the coolness of heart and the serenity to recognize that God is taking care of you and he's in control of everything. And that realization should give you a magnanimous character and a, a, a large heart, a big heart that wants good for everyone and seeks good for everyone. So the next time something doesn't work out, just reflect on and repeat, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There's no power or ability except by God. So that's all for, for this week. Inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all, increase you in magnanimity, in forbearance, in beautiful character, and make you a reflection of, of the divine beauty and goodness and positivity and light for everyone in the world. Wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Step to your abode I dismount From the right I rode And dragged my guilty feet Alhamdulillah oh, oh, oh The shoes come off As I knock the door Eyes downcast upon the floor Struggling to repeat Alhamdulillah 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 Alhamdulillah